code a dream, cowboys. Welcome back, everyone. It's the last episode of our episode and I episode recap and review of Westworld season four. It's the season four finale. K Sara Sara. Written by Alishin Schbacker. Take a take a swig at that name, Ryan. Schapker? I, it's not in front of me. I don't know why you okay. continue to do the names. <laughs> You're skipping the names, guys, but it was directed by Richard J. Lewis, who should be ashamed oh, himself. Oh, I know that name. Uh, thanks for being here, folks. This was probably the single worst episode of Westworld. <laughs> James, listen to me. Okay. Fighting off cynicism within myself is like a main goal I have. It's a thing that Mm -hmm. I bring up to myself every morning and as I go to sleep at night, I'm like, I gotta be less cynical. Uh, Mm. I get to have that goal, like for that to be one of my main goals, uh, that only occurs because like I'm not in a war or oppressed like at all. Sure. But nonetheless, we make a podcast about entertainment, right? Yes. It's our favorite thing. And... We have a special connection with Westworld because it's the reason we started making a show in the first place. The original name of this show, as we've said many a time, is the Westworld Podcast. We bandwagoned very hard and we got there first, which is also incredibly important. And then we rebranded four times, but that's a whole other thing. Anyway, this show is, and when I, when I mean this show, I mean like the HBO boys, what we're doing right now patreon.com slash hbo boys with boys with the z is like a huge reason that our friendship has preserved throughout our 20s and early 30s at such a high level i think we would still been friends Mm -hmm. for sure but like not talked weekly probably not no so like this show has a big place in my heart and that's all to say like i want westworld to be good that's something i've said Mm -hmm. in the past i have no expectation of that obviously, because based on the last two seasons of the show, I'd be dumb to. But yes, do you know what shows this year have been better than Westworld? Yeah, I can probably name five right now. I can name so many more than five because I made a long, a, two, a, long, a list that's longer than that. Severance, okay. This Is Us, Yellow Jackets, Only Murders in the Building, The Rehearsal, which isn't even done yet, but I know for sure it's better. Euphoria, Squid Game, Ozark, Hacks, Barry, all, a lot of those, by the way, on HBO. What We Do in the Shadows, The White Lotus, Inventing Anna, The Great Atlanta, Station Eleven, which I, I wasn't even that psyched about. Still better than Westworld. And then maybe I throw in Westworld right there. Here's the reality. HBO Max is getting gutted. Westworld lost 57% of their audience this year. Those are cable numbers, I understand. But still, like, the world is burning down. And for a new regime that is hell-bent on cutting costs, it would be an act of charity to give Jonah and Lisa Season 5, which, by the way, they are publicly lobbying for currently. A new interview came out today where they were like, Season 4 is not the end. I don't know why they're Trump, but Season 4, or a bad uh, Trump impression. It's not the end, which we all knew uh, from the beginning of this season. They said they had a five year plan and they're trying to put pressure on executives to give them another season i'm just not sure how their words or the chance that chris nolan makes a movie with wb again is in the executives crosshair oppenheimer by the way being made at universal 
Nolan's first film not to be distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures since Memento because he disagreed with them about it being put on HBO Max instead of in theaters. And then lo and behold, the CEO of the new regime of Warner Brothers Media, aka HBO Max, comes along and is like, we're eviscerating our streaming service. And by the way, we're going back to the theater first model. Crazy. Out of nowhere. Where does Westworld lie within all that? Because here's the other thing. It's not a very good show anymore. (laughs) Like It's, for my money, the best shot show on television. Looks great. Sounds great. Yeah. Until Sunday, by the way. It will be the best show shot and music-wise on television until Sunday when House of the Dragon takes those two accolades as well. And by the way, Mandalorian might be better in those two things, but I'm biased and weird. The actual show, like season four, what we're about to talk about, it's so far up its own ass it is looking out its mouth like the eyes are popping out of the mouth like we went up the ass how did we get this far and i think that ends in just you know incoming james and ryan uh, fan inspired season five where you and i are all the characters and honestly that might be best case scenario yeah it's the only version of season five anybody's getting guys i'm calling it right here how could warner media see the numbers And by the way, if they were watching the show, that's actually the worst case scenario for Jonah or Lisa, that any one of those executives actually watched the fourth season. And, uh, you know, I would think probably they're not. What they're probably watching are the ratings and and maybe the critical review. And they, they wouldn't get good news from either of those things. No, but I will tell you, sideburns Trevor is back, so everything's chill. Yeah, well, I suppose we'll get into it. But... Uh, oh, you already mentioned the Patreon. Forget it. We're getting into it. Shit, yeah. <laughs> the episode begins. Sideburns Trevor, season oh, one hero, and some other host, <laughs> they get killed during the real-life game of Fortnite. Because now, it's humans massacring robots in the park in what I am calling a reverse Crichton. Yes, that's true. Did you see there was a video made this week where a guy was like, everyone in Jurassic Park is a robot. And it's because and it's a crossover episode. Then Michael Crichton wanted it that way. He didn't give any inkling to that, but it's true nonetheless. Damn, that would rule. So on vacation, you go to Jurassic Park and you meet robots who think they're on vacation and then they get eaten by dinosaurs while you run around and and play pretend, I guess, because the dinosaurs won't eat you. Sounds right. Okay. And you meet Richard Hammond, but he's sort of broken. A T-Rex has taken half of him, so he just keeps going. We spared no expense. We spared no expense. Spence, Spence, Spence. The fight ends when Robo William arrives and kills the last man standing. Fucking camper. That was funny. And then I do kind of like that, like, all all he wants is just to go to Westworld, right? Because he's not the real William. He didn't get to go. He wants to know what it's like. He just sees pictures of the old version of himself there looking all happy and psyched. Perhaps a young Jimmy Simpson getting off the train. His whole life in front of him. And now this robot William wants that for himself. He says fucking camper. Put that in the pantheon of men in black lines. And also, like, that reminds you that... William is a millennial. <laughs> like That's right, yeah. He, he played a video game, then he went to a park, and he was like, fuck video games. He 360 no-scopes a human and then teabags him. With infinite ammo. In the next scene, Hale Dolores gets revived by her security drones. Also, where were you guys when she was getting her ass kicked and then shot? Anyway, 
They give her a new, better skeleton, and they give her a new, better outfit, a leather goth suit, because she, now she's punished Hale. She says, keep my face, because I don't want to change actresses for who what this character is, and keep my arm for me to remember the past. I don't want to put on effects makeup. Yeah, right. And also, like, so Maeve is just dead? That was the real end of Maeve? Yeah, Maeve doesn't even come up in this episode. Insane. Just <laughs> fucking bonkers. Next, we go back to Christina. It turns out that, like, she is double Matrix. Like, she's in a Matrix where no one even can see her because she's that much of a simulation. And it turns out someone left behind a copy of the maze in her apartment for her to find and become sentient. And as it turns out, that person is actually her. Some part of her subconscious is trying to wake up her conscious mind so that she can stop doing what she's doing in the Matrix. These Christina scenes were terrible. So bad. They were so confusing. Fucking awful. Very dumb. Very stupid. Like, remember when last week when I was like, oh, I think it's Bernie. Like, Bernie in the back door kind of doing some stealth-ass shit with a version of Dolores who is sort of going through a simulation version of the maze herself. And I made that thing up in my head and was like, very cool with it being the truth. And then they gave us the actual truth, which is that Christine is a brain ball under the red map in the tower Mm -hmm. running all the shit. Yeah, she's, she's like the processor that runs world world or whatever. Which is so strange that, like, she's controlling the real world, but then meanwhile, she is also inside of a Matrix world that she doesn't realize it and she can control the people in there. I mean, if I understand this correctly, sure. one of the Dolores brain balls from the end of season two mm-hmm. has just been sitting alone inside the world world computer, mm-hmm. 100% alone. And then invented this reality so she'd have something to do while she was alone. And and it was so convincing that it became like a Plato's cave situation where she had to wake herself up out of it. Is that right? Did I get that right? Something like that. And sometimes hail visits. Right. Right. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hail starts stomping on the red map and yeah, that's where the brain ball is. It's all of the whole Christine's reality. Christine hasn't been doing anything in the real world, I don't think. Like, if we if we look back on the record and, and, like, there's a scene of, like, you know, Hale talking to one of the NPCs from uh, the Christine world, like, this shit just doesn't make sense to me, man. She made up Maya. She made up Teddy Flood. In fact, the only reason this Teddy didn't die 18 times like he did every other time he was on screen in another season is because he wasn't real. So he could only die once. And really, he wasn't even real in the first place. He was just made up. The bummer here is that the Christine scenes throughout this season were generally Mm -hmm. good. In fact, they were part to the show, like it would cut from Caleb to Christine and my heart rate would like slow because I'd be relaxed and in my comfort zone once more in a place where I thought I was going to enjoy myself for at least the next five minutes until it got back to Aaron Paul. But then it ends up being the absolute worst part of the finale. Yeah. And I was thinking back on all of these 
Christine and Teddy scenes. And I was like, you know, actually, how long do you think these two were even on set? Because I feel like they probably could have knocked out most of these scenes in like a day or two. Yeah, sure. Here are the sides. It's a season's worth of work. Uh, Let's try to get this done by lunch. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So Robo Caleb and Stubbs are trying to rescue Frankie, but Caleb is breaking down. He's like, those old Delos experiments never worked. And and my dad was like, but they worked on William. And I was like, no, dad, you see, you're confused. Caleb is a copy of uh, the real Caleb reconstructed from Charlotte Hale's memories. And they're trying to run a fidelity test. William was a brain ball of Dolores who was told to pretend to be William. Totally different situations, all right? Yeah, you fucking idiot. Hale, next, she's searching for Robo William, but can't find him in the city. She goes to visit the real William in a scene that is just like her going, yes, he's dead for real. Right. Stop theorizing. Who was this for? (laughs) It was for us, right? Because they thought, like, they went home after they shot the man in black getting stabbed in the heart and looked at each other before they fell asleep and they were like, they're not going to fucking believe us. In the most lol so random scene, Hale asks Clementine if she wants to help her save the world. And Clementine's like, no, I want to go and play real life Fortnite, please. Yeah. And Hale's like, go, yeah, fine, enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, that meant absolutely nothing but they played it up like it was very important no yeah they did and then not 10 minutes later clementine pennyfeather best name a character that was brought back and then murdered within the first 10 minutes of season four episode one and then brought back again and then was part of the golf scene hey remember during the golf scene or at least the episode we were doing that where i was like is this season gonna end up being like well at least we got that golf scene and the rest of it was shit it's not exactly Exactly that, but I am reminded of that sentence in this moment. Anyway, Clementine Pennyfeather, best name, asking to go off to Tilted Towers by herself. She got an AK and a, a, a dance ball, a ball that makes dances. I watch games. I know what they're talking about. And <laughs> I feel like the Steve Buscemi meme with the skateboard over his back. Anyway, yeah, no, that was just so that she could go off and do the worst thing that happened in the episode. We find Robo William is still enjoying his time in Fortnite. He kills some randos and then he gets FaceTimed by Charlotte Hale. They were wearing Google Glass, which was weird. Yeah. And they exchange some truly like terrible cliche dialogue. The last thing Hale says is, I'll see you at the finish line, which is like a 90s action line. Yeah. And then he gets a horse. And then he gets a horse and then races a helicopter and they get there at the same time. And he takes, he, there's a white horse and a black horse and like the white hat and the black hat. And he gets on the black horse, which shows that actually William is the villain of this season. And somehow, you know, Hale is going to be redeemed insanely. They're doing the exact, they did, okay, we'll get to it later. Right. They already did this in season three with Dolores. I did, I did my monologue <laughs> at the beginning. You can do your monologue at the end. I will get there. Okay. Caleb and Frankie go to an abandoned pharmacy to trade some shitty dialogue and get her patched up. And they sing Kesara together. And it's very cheesy and unearned. I wanted to take a cheese grater to my calf, like both of them. I wanted to cheese gate through both my legs during that fucking scene. It's just like, dude, this... This isn't even Caleb. 
this is a robot of Caleb, again, constructed from Hale's memory. And I don't think Hale knew Caleb that well. No, she wasn't taking notes. (laughs) Anywho, uh, there's more to go. You say that so (laughs) sad-like. Stubbs saves them from one of the killer humans and then just immediately, unceremoniously, just like effortlessly killed by Clementine. She just jams his head on a piece of metal railing and he's done. And that's the end of Stubbs, who's been in the show since episode one. He dies and then nobody says anything about it. (laughs) They do put a camera on him while he lays on the floor motionless for about three seconds. And that's how we say goodbye. So yeah, we get to say goodbye to one of our favorite characters, a character in season one, by the way, who was generally annoying and... Had an arc. Yeah. And just a character that like I didn't think was going to be one of my favorites and then became that. And then given a Maeve-style death, one that is weird, shitty, not talked about at all, but even worse, because the person who did it is Clementine Pennyfeather best name. So what she wanted to go do was play the game, go kill one of the best characters, and then just die off unceremoniously herself. Yeah, I wonder, like, is Stubbs really dead? Is Maeve really dead? Is Bernard really dead? There's too many fake outs, I'm sure. The writers have not yet decided any of that. I truly don't care. I don't care if any of them... I'm mad, sure, because the deaths were bad. Like, I was mad about the Dolores death under Rehoboam at the end of season three. But I I, I just cannot seem to give a shit. Clementine and Caleb have a pretty lame fight. And then Frankie shoots her in the head. And that's the end of Clementine. Uh, season one characters are rapidly diminishing. And, and Caleb and Frankie's screen time is higher than ever. My notes say, <laughs> Clem gets killed by Frankie. This sucks. So now that Christine's not plugged in anymore, she's like trapped in the Matrix. But it, she has a very Matrixy conversation with her made-up roommate, Maya. And Maya basically tells her, like, chill out, man. Sometimes you gotta be chill. Yeah, no, it is a conversation with the Oracle. That's exactly, but much worse. And I've said that like two separate scenes up to this point were the worst ones. I was wrong. Sorry. I forgot about this scene. This one was the worst one. Maya at one point says the line, you know, people think they know what a tree is. Jesus fucking Christ. Kill me. (laughs) End my life. The dialogue was really good in this episode. So chill. (laughs) Robo William rides a horse from Manhattan to the Hoover Dam, and he sees the portal to the sublime. When Hale catches up with him, he basically just, look at me. I am the real William now. Yeah. I I wrote him again. My note says, Hale and Men in Black both get to the dam around the same time. This has to be on different timelines. Horses and aeroplanes cannot get to one place uh, simultaneously. And then it cuts and shows that it's not a different timeline. And I wrote, or not, whatever. They fight. This sucks. <laughs> Yeah, they have a shootout in the dam while shouting their motivations at each other. He's like, I'm going to destroy the whole world and the sublime, so there'll be nothing left. And she's like, no, now that you've destroyed the world, I will save the sublime because I'm doing a 180 degree heel turn and I'm a good guy now, starting now. Right. It's like, starting now. 
Starting now, a completely unearned redemption arc that nobody saw coming and nobody wanted in the first place. While I ask you, that's your end goal, extinction? And also proving that you're dumb or don't listen. Because yeah, that's what William's been saying over and over again from the very beginning. Is no one listening to me? Like, I guess Hale's point is like, a fucked up nightmare world is better than no world at all. And I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well... To each their own, Kesarasara, you know? Yeah, that's what that means. So <laughs> it is. Queso. I would love some queso right now. I some comfort food to make me feel better about this episode of television. Yeah. Just make sure, guys, if you're gonna watch this episode, like either be at Moe's or have a trip to Moe's oh, lined up. If you aren't melting cheese prior to watching this, you messed up. William gets the better of her. But uh, Mihail thinks back to the video Bernard left where he's like, reach with your right hand, not with your left. You got to give her a chance to make a new world. And then that, I don't know, inspires her to to kill Robo William and take his brain ball. And she's she's having a redemption arc. I don't know why she's suddenly a good guy. This isn't how characters go. Anyway, yeah, she's good now. (laughs) She decided to be good. Crushes the Men in Black's brain ball. Just a lot of characters that I was excited about being alive. Right, and, and now they have fucked now up. now they're dead. The ending of season two where they showed William still alive in the distant future. It's okay, though. There's totally going to be a post-credit scene at the end of season four that shows Jimmy Simpson getting off a train and it's, everything's going to be fine, right? Right? Oh, yeah. Anyway, Caleb takes Frankie to the escape boat. That's where her girlfriend is waiting for her. They have a tearful goodbye. And I'm I'm now wondering, like, how did Hale possibly know that Caleb sang songs to her in bed? Like, how could she know what? She wasn't there for that. She didn't interview Caleb. He was dead. These are a lot of great questions. But yeah, Caleb and Frankie's goodbye is bad. Frankie looks at him. He's like, you can't leave. I just got you back. And then Caleb was like, don't worry about it. I got to live every parent's greatest dream, becoming a robot and meeting their grown-up baby while breaking down internally and slowly decomposing and dying. Yeah, I mean, as a parent myself, thinking about how I wish I could uh, be killed and replaced by... Uh, a horrible robotic doppelganger of myself who could, you know, uh, survive just long enough to traumatize my adult children. It really uh, inspired me. Yeah, really ruin their goddamn day, week, month, year, life. Just all at the same time because you're a shitty robot now who is written by a person who barely knew you. Hale connects Dolores's brain ball to the sublime and then she closes the portal. Although I don't think she needed to close the portal because... As we'll learn soon, pretty much life on Earth is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Earth is Audi 5000, kids. In what I thought was the worst scene of the episode. Oh, you're right. Christine City. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, no, I, I keep being wrong. You're right. Christine City appears in the sublime. It turns out Teddy is just a figment of her imagination. At least that Good. revelation made Good. sense. Like, that's okay. Good. I'm glad he's dead. They have a bizarre argument where Dolores is like, all of humanity is dead, but I will still save them. And Teddy's like, Teddy doesn't say you can't, they're all dead. He's like, but why? They'll never change. <laughs> right. Well, how is this the conversation we're still having? And it's just so out of place. Like Anthony Hopkins isn't here doing a very cool monologue about if humans are good or not. So I don't care. 
there's a fantastic exchange where Teddy's like, everything, all the lights come back on, and Teddy's like, you saved us! And Christine said, a version of me did, with a knowing look, thinking about Charlotte Hale's noble sacrifice. But it's like, okay, so Hale saved you from herself, putting you in the city? Because that was her. So she saved you by taking out, but she could have done that at any time. Anyway, the Hale redemption arc is, is insane. This is the exact same shit they did to Dolores last season mm-hmm. when she was out to destroy humanity mm-hmm. and was the bad guy for the whole show. And she, was the the last bad, she was the good guy the whole time, Jeff. Right. She's like, at the last minute, she's like, I was good and 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 and, and now I die and you all love me. And, and yeah. now she's doing the same thing. Well, I guess she is the same person, so it would make sense. But it, whatever, James, their codes are written in their cells. They'll never change. Yeah, he delivered that line Hair. Real they bad. Sort of as bad as you could. And then she's also like the real Teddy's out there in the sublime somewhere. And I'm like, that's. I remember season two pretty well. I watched it twice. I'm pretty sure the Teddy brain ball is destroyed when he shoots himself in the head. And that's why it was meant to be an emotional moment for the God season two seems forever ago. But that was like an emotional moment for Dolores at the end of season two because like she was doing all this bad shit. And it got so bad that Teddy killed himself, killed himself in a in a final way by shooting his robot brain ball, not not like he's shooting himself in fake robot heart. Right. So I don't understand how Teddy could be in the sublime. Anyway, th- this is some real nerd shit. Mm, is it, though? Just continuity is continuity nerd shit now. <laughs> Westworld could have a subtitle and just like Westworld, devoid of real emotional moments because they are subverted by the creators of the shows constantly for no reason. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a long subtitle, but it gets to the point across. It's it's Game of Thrones had a problem with fake out deaths and and literally Lisa and, and Jonah were like, hold my beer. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then they're like, no, no, no. The Maeve one's the real one, though. We get the end of the show monologue. Goodbye, Caleb. We'll miss you. I bet you're going to be back next season because that, that would be the worst thing. And so that's what will happen. Hale destroys right. her own brain. I wonder I wonder how she destroyed Good. her own brain. How do you break your own brain after you take your brain yeah, out? Yeah. She took the brain ball out and then crushed it? Like... All right. All right. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. it's on Bluetooth, right? Now we're being pedantic. <laughs> this is like cinema Yeah. Sense. Breaking your own brain ball after taking it out of your brain. Ding. Whatever. It was stupid. This monologue at the end is trash. Dolores predicts humanity will go extinct and she'll be the only one left. But she'll fix it all with... She just needs one more robot LARPing theme park or something and that'll save the world. Yes. And so she uses her Matrix powers to bring us back the beginning of season one and she says maybe this time we'll get it right and i'm like holy shit it really has been a simulation all along this is probably played out a thousand times and you know bernie gets uh the universe a little bit further each time but i'm sure we are probably 100 dolores brains in the hoover dam deep at this point it's probably happened like inception level uh, uh 50 times or something uh, yeah, in the season finale of the final season, it was all a dream. It was all, what was that, St. Elmo's Fire? Was that the the uh, the finale cop-out that they did? I can't remember. I wasn't alive back then. But yeah, no, but even worse, because they'll say that they plan to do it the entire time. 
Calling St. Elsewhere St. Elmo's Fire is a good line. I just want to recognize that. Nice. Anyway, one year in the real world is one millennium in the sublime. Gross. And the turbines will last a hundred years without maintenance. So this is probably where we'll see William from season two's finale uh, doing the fidelity test. And Holoris mentioned that the sublime door works both ways, meaning the hosts can also leave Probably they've dropped many details that they can slash will be continued in season five, assuming it gets renewed, which it probably won't. But the point is like Jonah and Lisa's looking out at the audience right now being like, you said you wanted to go back to the park, right? So it's all a simulation and you're back in it. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? <laughs> it's just like if all of humanity is already dead, then like, what are the stakes What's there to lose at this point? (laughs) New Adam, New Eve. Frankie's both of them. Yeah, it's been tough times uh, for Westworld heads and tough times for HBO. Uh, Not only has this show been awful, but uh, on the business end, a lot of bad things are going down. I mean, the business end of HBO is so bad, we can't even afford to have Chad on the show anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah, that was a stipend coming directly from Warner Brothers Media, there was a P.O. box that was just labeled Chad Stipend. Uh, not only is that not coming in anymore, Warner Brothers execs burned the post office down, which I thought was intense. But yeah, no, Chad's gone, and he will not come back unless Warner Media brings Westworld back for season five. Is that what I even want? No, I think what would be better is you and I just act out our version of yeah. season five as a two-man show. Yeah. So I hope they cancel the show. <laughs> Honestly, mean, we should do that anyway prior to when season five would air so that we have it in our our brain balls so that we can, even if season five is on, the whole time just be complaining that ours was better. No, I guess in fairness, I do want a season five. I want, I want everything to come out, make Westworld season five, release Batgirl, release the fucking Snyder cut again, do it all. I hope they come out with the season five. The air cut, and dude. I, at this point, you know, you said don't be a cynic, but like I am a cynic about Westworld. I want to see how dumb it'll go. I want Jimmy Simpson back. Make so it happen. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan already talked about this at the beginning of the show, but <clears throat> if you'll indulge me in a quick reading series, this is the article Ryan was referencing. It's from Entertainment Weekly. Westworld creators have one more story to tell before the series ends. An interview with co-creator Lisa Joy. Nice. So upon asking whether or not the season finale is the series finale, or whether we're getting a fifth season, Lisa said, We never broke the show with an exact number of seasons left. But then we were writing this season, we were like, we can get it up to the precipice before we round it out. And then we've always planned what would happen in the fifth season. So we have like <laughs> we didn't Dolores. plan it, but we planned it. Right. We didn't plan not planning it, but it planned itself. Oh, another hole in one for Jonah and Lisa. We always had this idea that in the last season, we would let the person who was at the whim of the other people's stories and predilections and desires to be able to write a story of her own and really flip the test back. You're describing what Hale did in this season. Yes, but it's different now because it's Evan Rachel Wood, so... It's better. In terms of launching pad for season five, the old regimes and old world and a lot of the old players have been dismantled and destroyed. Yes, you killed all the characters and ended humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You murdered everybody. Is Tony Hopkins coming back? That'd be sick. So in this final test, what is Dolores going to do? I don't care. How will the world look different? I, I mean, it, the world's already over. Yeah, it's all dusty and shit. You made it dusty. How will she, as the final tester, <gasps> create a different universe in a different game in a different way? Go to Mars. Different planet. I mean, at this point, you're just discussing what game an AI is playing itself in the Hoover Dam. Because the world already ended. Yeah, run a bunch of simulations in the West Worlds uh, as much as you want. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> in regards to whether or not Maeve, Hale, William, Stubbs, Bernard are actually dead, she said, the world as we know it, it is done. And the characters as we knew them, as they existed on that world, are also done. Okay. That, that don't mean that nothing. That says nothing. Yeah. That means nothing. You said the same thing about Dolores last To season. be fair, though, it feels like Jonah was at this interview and then Lisa asked him to get something for her from like a closet and then locked him in there by putting a broom through the door so that he wasn't sitting next to her when this question is asked. So his answer of like, oh, they better fucking not be didn't happen. Just like Christina is not really a direct continuation of Dolores. But I mean... From the audience perspective, she is. She is, though. The amount of lore you need to explain why Christina is not Dolores. Right. I honestly don't think the average Westworld viewer could explain it to me. I could explain it. I'm not happy that I can or proud that I can, but I don't think most people watching care about that shit. Yeah, what percentage of my brain is being able to explain why that lady looks like Dolores but isn't? So I would say that some people in that fifth season, should we get one, you will not be seeing, but there are some that you will be seeing, maybe in a different incarnation. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, you shut up. And there might be some familiar faces from the past that will also be seen. I'll be you have not planned to sing. You're just talking. To fall. I don't know why, but the Friends theme song makes a lot of sense in my brain right now. <laughs> Where's Ross? Bring Ross into Westworld. Joy said that she and Nolan feel like Westworld ends in the West, meaning it ends back home again in an atmosphere that is familiar to us from season one and yet is completely different because the lay of the land is dictated by a completely different being. That being being Dolores. Okay, so it's Westworld if Dolores were Robert Ford, which again, I believe we saw that in season two. <laughs> yeah, but but Charlotte Haloris, crispy chicken Charlotte Haloris, was like an edgelord version of Dolores. This is the blue dress wearing, Peter Abernathy having a father version. Before she, well, no, so, a little bit after she hits the bug on her neck, ending season one. What is that? What is that Westworld like? You know, the last sentence is, uh, I like a lot here. You know, there's something that will be familiar and yet quite evolved about that landscape that we come to find, and the people and the hosts that we find within that landscape. She's like, she truly is saying nothing at all. <laughs> like, no, these are words which have no meaning to them. Are these the words that are supposed to talk executives into giving them the season? <laughs> She really could just be saying, like, it depends on how you look at it. Basically. No, no, it doesn't. It depends on how you look at it. It's your but show. 
Here's my question. Okay, we're in a simulation. Nice. In the simulation, some of the characters are hosts, yeah. and some of them are humans. But yeah. actually, they're all just NPCs. So what? what's the distinction anymore? Yeah. This NPC right. thinks it's a person. This NPC thinks it's a robot that thinks it's a person. So all of season five is Dolores thinking really hard. And if she thinks hard enough and the power of friendship holds up, then she'll let the humans live on the planet that's fucked already. I don't understand. <laughs> How is she going to get more humans? They're, she just she make them with parts, man, with robot parts. You make new humans with a rope. Oh no! Yeah, they're doing the. They're going to do the Matrix, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this. Is all the Matrix? Yeah. But hey, guys, what about Dolores in the Dolores costume, but as a brunette? Wasn't that interesting? Yeah. Malibu Stacy has a new hat. Mm, I think that deserves millions of dollars worth of a budget. I really, I'd like, will they get a season five? I hope they do. But I would, I, I would be more surprised if they do at this point. Yeah. Like, who's the, who's the Axeman head of, of, of HBO now? The guy who wants to cancel everything. Like, they're, they're, the, the CEO of Warner Brothers is now Johnny Canceliano. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to cancel this shit. I wonder if House of the Dragon, how well it does, affects this at all. Mm -hmm. Like, if House of the Dragon gets 10 to 15 million people watching it, which I don't know if it will, I I, I would would maybe say like 5 to 10 million, but there's going to be a large amount of people watching it. Will everybody at HBO feel better once their platform is being used once more? How many people are going to re-up HBO Sunday morning is the question. And then, you know, does that affect Westworld at all? When money starts flowing in, does it become easier to say yes to the Nolans? I don't know, man. This show has such a huge budget. And, like, you think about a show like NCIS, which costs nothing to make and gets, like, three times the amount of viewers that this show makes. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, well, this is old regime, but... Right. The cast of season two of The White Lotus have been in Italy for the last five months shooting that. That's going to be on HBO as well. But, you know, there isn't CGI in The White Lotus. They're not on a volume stage like the goddamn Mandalorian slash Westworld slash House of the Dragon are. It's it's just expensive, man. So, I mean, we will be back next week for House of the Dragon. I mean, I think we'll have everybody on there. Uh, at oh least, yeah, you know, yep. Probably, probably, maybe not Chad though, because uh, HBO wants us to put him down. And Correct. We're wrestling with that decision. Yeah, that is a tough one for us. If the money starts coming back in, it'll be an easier decision. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, guys, that's the patron goal. If you if we get up to twenty five patrons, we will not euthanize Chad. This is a threat more than anything. But you're right. Adam is going to be on. Adam and I are going to be watching the premiere of House of the Dragon live within ourselves. You don't, that's not content you guys get for because so that our eyes can just be like focused on watching. But I'm excited to have him on the podcast. He is a person who has never watched Game of Thrones before. He knows very little about it. So I think there are going to be three separate viewpoints on this House of the Dragon podcast, which is James being a Game of Thrones completionist, books and TV. Me, you know, Game of Thrones is my favorite television show. No matter what happened at the end, I still think it's the best thing that's ever graced television. And I've read one and a half of the books. So that's like a bunch. 
and I'm deep into the lore, but not as much as James. And then Adam, a person who is coming in tabula rasa, baby. Blank slate. Well, here's my real question for you, though. Are we going to do a full season four retrospective? Because those retrospective episodes, not only do they tend to come out good, but a a useful resource. Like, before season four came out, I needed to listen to our discussion on season three. I agree. I listened (laughs) to the retrospective. We should do a retrospective episode, if only for, I agree, a resource for our Yeah, for ourselves, two years from now. Right. Uh, or even if uh, they don't come out with a season five of Westworld, it will be what we use as a reference for our fan yeah, when we're writing season our five. season five. Yeah, can't wait. So that that I mean that'll that's that's coming down the pike, guys. No commitments, but next week, House of the Dragon for sure. Yeah, man. P.S. I listened to uh, your and Spooky Adams podcast about Prey. Everyone, go listen to that if you have watched Prey. I want a Predator movie. By the way, I also watched Prey. Uh, I want a Predator yeah. movie where a, uh, a another Apex Predator from another galaxy who's not alien. Yeah, like Battle Beast. Lands on the home planet of the Predator and does what they do to other people to them. I want that movie. Make it. Right. Like someone, an invisible monster sneaks up behind the predator and stabs him. And he's like, oh, this is what it's like. Oh, I really fuck. am a monster. Yeah, that's what I want. But like way better at hunting than them. And they're like, oh, shit. We got to get better at hunting now. So that the predators are the good guys. Ugh. I love a story where an, a villain becomes the good guy for no reason. And just because it is the end of the season. I'm James and I'm Ryan and this is the H West B World O Boys podcast. And I'm Ryan. <laughs>